Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And happy Thursday. Greetings. Welcome to all of you. We are live and on demand here on the Steve Day Show here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast with yours truly. That would be me, Steve Dace, Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. If you would like to join us, let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. That's steve at stevedace.com. D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook uh, for now. Anyway, uh, over on where else? Uh, I'm running out of places that we're still allowed. Uh, I think we're still at YouTube, right? Yep. Look for Steve Dace at YouTube.com uh, slash Steve Dace. Uh, you can follow Steve Dace, me on Gab. Look for Steve Dace Show on Twitter, where I believe this is the longest period of time now I have gone without losing followers on Twitter in about a week. So my my follower count has remained uh, stable for at least the last 12, 16 hours. So I would imagine they're just loading up for yet another purge. But um, And then MeWe, that's the free speech alternative to Facebook. Look for Steve Dace there. And then Rumble is the free speech alternative to YouTube. Go to YouTube.com, I'm sorry, rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Also, my new book, A Nefarious Carol, is out now. Get your copy. It's the sequel to my 2016 book that uh, a lot of you keep buying and we're going to be talking about later on the show, A Nefarious Plot. And uh, if you've had a chance to read this book, and you liked it i just had somebody send me an email how much they liked the book uh, please uh, leave those uh, reviews for us at amazon.com well steve i i hate amazon.com even more of a reason to go there and leave a five-star review to a book like this because it is against or for all the reasons that you dislike amazon.com right so thanks to all of you that had a chance to read the book uh, if you haven't had a chance to give it a five-star review thank you but yes uh, copies are still available the conversation that takes place in this book is the conversation that goes on in each of our hearts and each of our homes particularly in a time such as this given where we are as a culture I mentioned this yesterday, and then like I got told the website crashed. So I'm hoping that's because we 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 pitched this so good that you guys all went and looked at it right away. But if there was ever a time for comfort food, and not to mention Valentine's Day is coming up, and you kind of did you do the same old thing every year, right? If you want to switch it up, I'm telling you, a couple of days ago I tried the best chocolate ice cream I've ever had in my entire life. I tried the best peanut butter chocolate ice cream I've ever had in my entire life. And I tried the best red velvet cake ice cream I've ever had in my entire life. And it's, I'm, it's, it's, it's insanely good. All right. It's called Brooker's Founding Flavors. So if you're looking for some comfort food to get you not just through uh, the darkest dawn of of the dementia presidency uh but uh, also um when just plain old winter blahs right this stuff is phenomenal and think of it as sort of the patriotic answer to ben and jerry's but it tastes 
even better. All right. Uh, all these flavors have a patriotic fervor to them, uh, message to them, and they are phenomenal. I mean, if you like super premium, chunky ice cream, I'm the guy. I like ice cream with my stuff. I love super chunky ice cream. Uh, it ships nationwide. Go to the website right now. Brooker's Ice Cream, just like it sounds. Brooker's. B-R-O-O-K-E-R-S. Brooker'sIceCream.com. Click ship nationwide. And if you like chocolate, I, I promise you, you've never had chocolate ice cream better than this, ever. Because you know, folks, I have had some chocolate ice cream in my time, all right? I've never had anything like this. Brookersicecream.com. Click the Ship Nationwide tab. All right, coming up on the program today, uh, I mentioned a minute ago, we're going to go back through my book, A Nefarious Plot. We have two weeks left looking through that book, and then we're going to begin looking at the sequel book, A Nefarious Carol. Uh, but uh, we're going to go through that for Theology Thursday coming up a little bit later on. We'll play three non-political questions. We're going to talk to a pastor who is in hiding, getting death threats after what happened in Washington, D.C. on January the 6th. He'll be joining us here at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Magic. On the same day, the new president, whose early agenda involves rejoining the World Health Organization, is sworn in. Poof! The World Health Organization dropped some new guidance on PCR tests for COVID-19. The new guidance all but stipulates that PCR tests, the main testing method used to determine new quote-unquote cases, needs to have its CT value or cycle threshold value lowered. And diagnoses of cases of COVID-19 need to be done by a doctor who's seen the patient. Essentially, what this means is that if this guidance is followed, it's going to be more difficult to get a positive test result for COVID, and you may not even be considered a case if a doctor determines you're not exhibiting symptoms. Ipso facto, the case-demic should be coming to a close very soon if this guidance from the World Health Organization is followed. Anywho, about that new president, according to the CDC, 2,297 people died from COVID-19 under President Biden's watch yesterday. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, am I doing this right? Joe Biden was inaugurated as the 46th president of the United States yesterday, and lefties everywhere rejoiced. Oops, sorry, wrong clip. I've been listening to these inaugural addresses since 1961. John F. Kennedy asked not. I thought this was the best inaugural address I ever heard. Biden called for unity during his inaugural address. We can treat each other with dignity and respect. We can join forces. Stop the shouting and lower the temperature. Meanwhile, over on MSNBC, Nicole Wallace called for the expulsion of conservative media for wrong think. That does not seem out of reach. If we can protect against counterfeit dollar bills, we should be able to protect against fake news that we now know has the potential to kill people as it did two weeks ago. Speaking of the former Bush administration, there's this. According to the Associated Press, former President George W. Bush told South Carolina Congressman Jim Clyburn, quote, you know, you're the savior because if you had not nominated Joe Biden, we would not be having this transfer of power today, end quote. Again, that's former Republican President George W. Bush speaking to South Carolina Congressman Jim Clyburn, whose endorsement of Biden ahead of the South Carolina primary last year is widely 
widely seen as the push Biden needed to shoot to the lead of the Democrat primary race. Last night, new press secretary Jen Psaki held her first White House press conference. Will he keep Donald Trump's Air Force One color scheme change? This is such a good question. I have not had the opportunity to dig into that today. Psaki was also asked about overturning the Hyde Amendment, which prohibits federal funds from being used for abortions. I will just take the opportunity to remind all of you that he is a devout Catholic and somebody who attends church regularly. Now on the contact form at the White House website, you have the option to choose your preferred pronouns from a drop-down menu. One of the first things devout Catholic Joe Biden did yesterday was sign an executive order allowing dudes who feel pretty to join your daughter's sports teams. Learning blessings of liberty today, today's phrase is he 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 ha 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 ho ho ho. Moving on, and as stated before, lefties around the country are rejoicing today. So much, in fact, that in Portland, Oregon, Antifa militants vandalized the Democrat Party of Oregon building. Up north in Seattle, Antifa burned an American flag last night before marching through downtown, destroying property and disturbing a residential area. And finally, this from Titania McGrath. I'm getting complaints for praising Joe Biden and thereby endorsing straight white male power. To be clear, race, gender, and sexuality is determined by how you vote in elections. As the one who ousted Donald Trump, we can safely say that Joe Biden is the blackest of lesbians. And that's what happened while we were away. Beautiful. That's a bullseye right there. So... I, I kind of feel like maybe we're turning pusher a little bit. I, I suggested earlier that if you're struggling right now, uh, here's a brand new super chunky ice cream to give it a shot, which is phenomenal. Um, if the ice cream isn't strong enough, we've got Bonner's private wines. They're a part of the show too as well. <laughs> How's that for a pitch? I've tried that too. Uh, a buddy of mine came in from D.C. a couple of weeks ago during the college football national championship, came over. Uh, yeah, we, we took down that entire bottle of wine during the game. And some of it, some of it, some of it was actually because it tasted really good. The rest of it was because of kind of what we were talking about. But uh, this, uh, the they make these wines uh, in Argentina, uh, remote vineyards up to 9000 feet. Those of you that are wine drinkers, I think you're going to know what that means. I don't I don't know what any of that means. Um, I don't know why that's good for the wine, but apparently it is. I just know that this wine tastes really good, and apparently this is why. No dyes, no flavor additives, uh, and it's rich in flavor. I know you guys have tried this as well. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Yep. Blackberry, leather, smoke, little dark cherry. You can head over to PatriotWine2021.com right now. All right. Uh, PatriotWine2021.com right now. Uh, listeners and viewers to this show get 50% off of shipping today. 50% off of shipping today because it costs some money to ship from Argentina. 50% off of shipping today at PatriotWine2021.com. All right, let's let's get to what was in the overtime. And in your montage, the two impulses that are at play. See, I'm going to spend more time on this show at least for now. And I was thinking about it this morning. I may I may go back and do this again. We may go back and, and reopen up fake news or not starting next week. Well, actually, we won't be here next Tuesday because Aaron's got to take a honeymoon or something. But when fake news or not, we next do it again. I, I think we may go back and look at left America media clips again. But 
not from a fact checking perspective that that's a redundancy right okay um but from a narrative casting perspective because we're not in the way now or the people that represented us who didn't um for the most part but they're, they're the perception right there was a perception that they represented us that they're out of the way now and in your montage the dueling d-u-e-l the dueling narratives on the american left can be seen in this montage and it's where they're having a conversation and and by the way i think i saw who's the the lefty that started the intercept that got that ended up resigning from his own publication because they just were a a bunch of hack liars. Is it Greenwald? Is that his name? Oh, Glenn, Glenn Green- Greenwald. Glenn Greenwald posted this earlier today. And he said, you know, I'd like to go back 15 years to all of my fellow liberals and tell them that, th- that there will soon come a day you'll be on bated breath watching MSNBC and getting your orders from George W. Bush's former deputy communications director, Nicole Wallace. Right? Okay. But it's, you see these dueling narratives in that we have to punish the people who disagreed with us. Um, boot to the throat, no mercy, right? Okay. True, unadulterated, let it out of the, let it out, let the spirit of the age out of its cage, right? Sure. Okay. But, but, within an hour, within an hour, within an hour, folks, and I'm a little fired up about this one because this, what I'm about to explain to you is the number one reason why Facebook has crushed my traffic by 70%. Because I used their own data as well as the New York Times study to, to connect the dots that the World Health Organization for the first time honestly came forward and admitted yesterday and did so within an hour of Joe Biden taking the oath of office. It's a miracle, Steve. It is a, it is a winter solstice miracle, look at, Erzin. Look at what that devout Catholicism can no do. No doubt. Indeed, we're binding and loosening already, Todd. Yes, we are. Yes. Within an hour of Joseph Biden taking the oath of office, what the Facebook science team crushed my traffic over crushed a lot of the blazes traffic over is crushing a lot of your traffic over or traffic of the people that you want to see in your feed but right now largely cannot the world health organization now admits is true one why are we testing a bunch of asymptomatic people recall the conversation that you the three of us had um where I had been in contact, although briefly, with somebody who ended up testing positive for COVID, right? Mm-hmm. A few months ago, the person, uh, one of the people, one of the people, was, paid me the courtesy, called me up, and said, "Hey, you need to know, blah 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 blah. Maybe you want to get tested." And I told that person, "I'm not going to get tested." And the reason why I wasn't going to get tested was why I didn't have that's any what whole scam. Yeah, that's the whole scam. That's the whole scam. You know, Andrew Bostom, the uh, um, the uh, epidemiologist at Brown University who's been charting all of these universities' uh, testing results and 
and then cross-referencing it with actual hospitalizations and the numbers are just 99.9 percent don't no, don't get hospitalized right because because that's the scam the scam is to have a whole bunch of people it's why anthony fauci originally said last last year at this time when he before this all became politicized before it was obviously an opportunity to win the election and they got Trump to go along with it. Make the worst management decision of all time. Before all of this happened, Fauci told you, there's never been in the history of virology a major outbreak or contagion that has started from asymptomatic spread. And you know what? There never will be. It violates the natural laws of science. It's like saying... There's never been a time there wasn't gravity. There's never been a time there wasn't inertia. There's never been a time that water wasn't H2O. It's not that it won't happen. It cannot. That's not how biology works. And we know this. And we've always known this. Until we could unknow it, to borrow a favorite uh, prefix from the late great George Orwell, until we we could unknow it. And unknow it enough to drive a narrative that convinced the previous president to hand his presidency over to these fools so they could then drive the country into the ground and set the stage to win the next election. That's when we had to unknow it. And now that that operation has been completed, we can get back to what we previously knew before. There's no point testing a whole bunch of asymptomatic people. No point to it. That's the first revelation yesterday, right? Yes. Within an hour. Within an hour of Biden taking the nomination. Do you think maybe the World Health Organization just figured out that we were ready for this message yesterday? Do you think maybe they didn't know this until yesterday? No, remember last, what was it, May or June? They told you we're not really seeing any asymptomatic spread at all. And then when a bunch of people like me started quoting that, remember they then took it back, right? Yeah. Which only showed you that this this has been a lying scamdemic the entire time. Not the virus itself. But all of the mitigation efforts and the justifications for them is a great lie. One of the greatest lies that's ever been told to humanity. Maybe the greatest lie that's ever been told to humanity since I've been alive. Just a lie. Lie from hell. From the deep, deep, dark bowels of hell. Where they're laughing and smiling. Belly laughing at us now. And now we can be told... Like when I went to Disney World in November, I didn't have to take a COVID test, did I, to walk in. What did I need to do before I could walk in? What did I have to do? Temperature. Because what's the number one sign of somebody being symptomatic? Fever. Fever. Yeah. Yeah. We've known this all along. We've known this all along. This is what Scott Atlas was talking about on this show going back to last April. When did we stop acknowledging the natural laws of biology, virology, and immunology? Remember him saying that? Of course. Yeah. When it could win an election, that's when we stopped. Then number two, the PCR testing. Oh, your cycle thresholds are too high, the WHO says. And now we're getting a whole bunch of non-infectious people are testing positive who are asymptomatic or were never symptomatic or were never going to be symptomatic. Well, blimey. 
Knock me over with a feather. Who knew? You did. If you've been watching and listening to this show for the last year, you knew. And for telling you this, that's how, at this point, I know I'm right when the Facebook science team flags me. That's when I know I'm right. You can see the setup now, folks. You can see the setup. In between uncomfortable lisping and um, looks off into the distance where it appears there's no one home, which is what symptomatically tends to go along with dementia. In between that, my 100 days of masks work. Yep. And the cases went, went, went down. And uh, I guess we can, you know, we can, we can, we just had to get rid of Orange Man bad and, and, and COVID gone. We adjusted down to a sane testing policy, told people who were not sick, no need to get tested for something. They weren't showing no visible signs of being sick for. And then we had everybody wear masks until the weather got warm. And then suddenly like, wow, respiratory viruses don't like warm. Can you just see, you can see the setup here. Yeah. It's just, it's brazen. It's in your face. It's not, there's not even any subtlety to this. This isn't even, it's not even our favorite country song. Don't pee on me and tell me it's raining. It's not even that. It's like they whipped it out, started peeing. I'm just peeing on you right now. That's what's going on. They're not even telling you it's raining now. Four legs good, two legs bad. Four legs are good, two legs are even better. All animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. And they looked from man to pig and pig to man and back to pig again, and they couldn't tell the difference. Now, what's going to be fascinating, though, is that other impulse that just wants to flamethrow this entire thing called America and not just get their own grimy little hands on it and direct it towards their pet causes and groups, right? That that iconoclastic, deconstructionist wing is there. It's on MSNBC prime time, as we heard. And it will be fascinating to see how this is navigated on their side. Without us, without one of somebody representing us, particularly one with a very bombastic and way too often divisive personality to play off of. I think we're going to see a lot of moments like this. It will be fascinating to see how they navigate this, how they attempt to control their own pest population, because these are their locusts. They let them out to sick them on us. We're out of the way. You have all of Farmer McDonald's crops now. You can even move into his home, pig, if you would like. You kicked him out. Snowball is gone. What, 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 what will be Napoleon's next excuse? It's going to be fascinating to watch this. And you see those two dueling narratives. It was within, within one hour of a Biden presidency. You saw them come to four right away. And I think that's a big story to watch this year. And I think we would be smart on our side to take and watch it closely. And the reason why is because here's what we're looking for right now. Who's persuadable? 
Who wants to run this place and who hates it? You know what I'm saying? Sure. There's people you can disagree politically with and vehemently and just want to run it differently than you. But then who are the ones that you disagree with because they don't want to run it at all. They just want to make it, they just want to light it on fire. They want to watch it burn. And watching an approaching 80-year-old dementia patient attempt to navigate this and his cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs completely unremarkable vice president who got laughed off a national stage by her own party and clearly doesn't come to the fore with any gravitas whatsoever. So who's running this thing? Yes is the answer. Yes, they're all running it. And they don't even all want the same thing. Remember that? I, I go back to that clip of Kamala Harris during the primary where she took that question about environmentalism. Do you remember this at the debate? She goes, I don't know. I, I like cheeseburgers. Remember yeah. this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about right there. Okay. The dueling instincts on their side. See, we have this. We have dueling instincts on our side, but they're different instincts. Our, the, the dueling instincts we have is some of us want to believe we have to do things to win elections. The other group believes you you um, you uh, win elections in order to or you have to do things to win elections and then win elections to do things. We believe in the latter. What's the point of having power if it's not to use it? Right. But we're united with people who don't see it that way because they don't really believe what, what we believe. So they say what we believe to get elected and then do what they want. Right. Mm hmm. On their side, the, the dueling narrative is, all right, hey, man, that racist gender normative talk, that was great. Got rid of those guys, all right? Now our guys are sitting in the club seats at Yankee Stadium, and now our guys are flying first class. You know what I'm saying? Sure. They want to animal farm this sucker. And the problem is the growing element over there is like... Um, uh, yeah, uh, we're pushing buttons. We want to end it. We want to end this way of life. We we hate you. It'll be fascinating to see how they navigate this here in the early days of this administration. Because already both of these impulses, and you saw this even before he got inaugurated. We talked about the mayor of Chicago. We got to open the restaurants and bars back up. If you don't go to, if the, if the teachers don't show up to work, they're fired. Chicago, the governor of New York, we can't just sit here waiting for the vaccines to penetrate the market or there won't be anything left to open, right? They were already laying markers down, man. Already laying markers down. And, it, and, and what we're going to focus on in our show for the first few months of whatever this thing is, is watching these two groups now without us to play off of and unify them together to see how they govern from here. Now, coming up in the overtime today, we're going to be discussing those comments from Jim Clyburn that he said he received yesterday from George W. Bush. Because I 100% believe it's true. 110%. Ten thousand percent believe it's true. And what does it mean 
We'll discuss that today in the overtime. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. That's BlazeTV.com slash Dace. We're going to record it right after today's show. It'll be uploaded for you to be able to watch on demand if you're a Blaze TV subscriber at BlazeTV.com slash Dace. If you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, go to that same website and become one right now for the biggest discounted subscription ever. $30 off an annual subscription right now so that you make sure you get our product directly from us without interference from big tech where you get uh, shadow banned and lose 70% of your traffic on Facebook for saying right for saying six months ago what the World Health Organization is saying right now. All right. So go to blazetv.com slash dace. All right. So, gentlemen, your thoughts uh, on what I just pointed out, the dueling narratives, and then what the WHO has come forth with on COVID. Well, at least out of the gate, the dueling narratives are, they're going to try to have their cake and eat it too because... You obviously saw, I didn't mention, but the the Portland and Seattle uh, Antifa folks were still burning stuff and marching in the streets last night. Yes. But they're in Portland. Lo and behold, there those federal troops are. Peace, justice, the American way. We will not tolerate putting them down. So they're, they're, they're going to... Their default is that we're dumb and that they can pull this off, that they can now be simultaneously Captain America while in the very next breath, the very next scene, doing what you're talking about and whipping you off and not just telling you it's raining, but that this Captain, in the name of, they're going to say I'm Captain America and Hail Hydra at the exact same time. That's what we learned on day one because they did it. Now, the rest is just up to us, dumb sheep. Yeah, I mean... We, we stipulated this multiple times. I mean, it's just the timing is just all too perfect. And we joke and maybe not so much joke about the American people's short attention span. How many people will actually be paying attention to this come March, April, May? Hey, look, we can open up a 25% capacity for opening day. Well, howdy doody. Uh, look, right in the middle of 100 days of masking, the cases are going down even in the middle of golden flu season. I, I would just it's just going to depend on how brazen, how brazen and petty the other side wants to get. And what I mean by that is what are they going to do about Florida, South Dakota, places like that? Are they going to try to stomp their boot on those types of places as kind of a flourish on the way out the door of of the case demic? We'll see. More in a moment. You know, the average American could have up to 100 points uh, that they could add to their credit score, but no idea how to access them. Well, that's where ScoreMaster comes in. It's the new credit science that will super boost your credit score. Forget raising your credit score just a few points. That's kind of weak. ScoreMaster, the average user there, raises their score about 60 points in 20 days or three weeks or less. Uh, So that makes a big difference, not just in whether you get the approval on that mortgage loan, that auto loan, the business loan you're looking for, but then even if you can get approved, how about the repayment options, the interest rate, uh, the terms, et cetera? The credit rating makes a big difference. Heck, nowadays, a lot of employers are looking looking at credit ratings as well. So here's how it works. The information that, you know, when you're watching your mortgage lender go through all those pages of your credit report, it looks like Sanskrit. They make all of that plain to you. 
obvious to you. They put the power of that knowledge and transparency out of the big banks and into your hands where it belongs so that you know exactly why you have the score you have. But then they take it a step further and give you a detailed plan that you can follow on how to get to the score that you want. All right, you can enroll in minutes, see how many plus points that ScoreMaster can add to your score when you visit scoremaster.com slash Steve. Again, that's scoremaster.com slash Steve. We're joined now by Pastor Brian Gibson, and uh, we want to welcome him to the program. Uh, Brian, my name is Steve Dace. Welcome here to Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Brother, how are you? Well, doing well, Steve. Hey, it's an honor that you'd have me on today. You bet. Let's start with a uh, an obvious question. Why are you receiving death threats? Well, I, I've, I've been very vocal this year, sir. I'm a, I'm a local church pastor. I love the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when the lockdown started and they started opening up, uh, you know, big box stores, open up the liquor stores, open up the dispensaries, but they kept the church church closed. I began to push back and I began to call churches around America through PG dot today, uh, the organization I run to open up and stand against government overreach. Uh, and so over the course of three weeks, we opened up 5000 churches. I've been very vocal about Jesus. I've been very vocal about religious liberty. And I was speaking on the fifth in Washington, D.C. at a prayer to save America, where I preached the gospel. Uh, where, where I prayed for the nation. And then the events happened on the 6th. So they, they took a picture of me from where I took a picture with the guy with the horns and the ferret on his head. I think they call him the Q shaman. Uh, before any of this happened, I met him one time at a rally in Arizona where I was speaking at the Trump march. Um, I, they took that picture of me and then they took the picture of him in the Capitol, put them together. And they said these famous words, Steve, make him famous, which means threaten his family. Mm. And so since then, they said I was a political mastermind that put together the Capitol siege. It's crazy. Uh, I had so many death threats. I've quit counting. Uh, I've had people come into the hotel looking for me, men in um, with dummy plates following us. And I've had to have full-time security uh, because of what's happened in America. It's, it's a left-hit job on anything Christian and anything conservative. Wow. What's the status of your family right now, Brian? Without obviously yeah, disclosing your location, but I mean, in terms of your your safety, prospects for returning back to normal, can you go back to your local church and, and preach right now? Where, where, where are you at with those sorts of things? Yeah, as far as I go, Steve, God hadn't given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I'm not afraid. I serve the God of the resurrection. You cut me down, my God will raise me up. That's part of the deal. When I signed on to Jesus, I signed up for that. But now I've had to, for the safety of my family, because they received so many death threats, my wife, my three children, I've had to have armed security with us. Uh, I've had to move from location to location. I'm still going in every Sunday morning and preaching. I have multiple locations in my church, and I won't let anything separate me from my, my pulpit and what God's called me to on Sunday. But it's a lot of strain. It's a lot of stress. I've got young kids. Uh, I'll give you an example. My 10-year-old boy, when the threats came in, obviously we sent, sent our friends, our staffers to go get them. We were still in Washington, D.C. Uh, when he saw us, he wept. He's a smart kid. And he said, listen, when they, when they came and they, they um, whisked us away, they took us to do all this fun stuff. He's like, I knew they were trying to distract me, and I thought you guys were dead. Hmm. So... You know, it's been a lot of trauma on my family, on my on my children. Uh, but I think here's what we tell people all the time. If you're going to lead in the body of Christ, um, you have to soften your heart. 
right? Uh, a minister of the gospel's got to keep a tender heart, but they have to harden their forehead. You got to take the licks. So shepherds take the licks for the body of Christ. Right now, uh, we're taking the licks for religious freedom in America. And my family will not back down because of threats. I will not back down because of threats. I'll keep preaching the gospel and I'll keep standing for the First Amendment in America. Uh, listen, the, the, the church birthed America. And right now, the church better stand up if we're going to keep this great nation. How, how do we get here, Brian? Well, I think that's a that's a complex question, uh, but I, I do see some obvious obvious things that that have brought us to this place. Uh, leftists have had a plan, a long term plan, Steve, where a lot of times on the right we've moved from minute to minute, and one of the smartest things they ever did is they infiltrated our public education system. Probably starting in the late 60s, early 70s, um, I remember going to college. I, I failed out. I wasn't always a pastor, but I failed out of Colorado State because I was partying so hard when I was a kid. And whenever I first went there in 95 or 96, uh, all of my classes should have been called How to Be a Communist or a Socialist. So these guys now, it's not just college. It starts at, at four years old. You put your kids in kindergarten. Uh, that even has crept into private schools. Like the idea of our children taking resources in, um, their pencils, their crayons, their tape, their, their all of that, they put it in a community share where they share with all the class. Now, my wife won't let that happen. As went and explained to them, we're happy to buy any kid the resources they need. It'll be a gift from us. But our children have to learn personal ownership and responsibility. So it's happened culturally. It's happened in our, our school systems. It's happened through the media. It's the subtle uh, grooming of children to not think like an American, to not understand the Constitution, and to not view the world through, through a Judeo-Christian worldview. And they've set it up, and now we see the temperature and the change in America. One of the things that I think has been a frustration and a fascination in these times, Pastor, is the, the, the effort to um, stigmatize with wide swaths, but without any distinctions at the, so we can't have any distinctions at the exact same time. Um, you know, for example, uh, there is, there's, there's nowhere in between America is a uh, new Israel and um, the world is over and uh, the devil wins. Uh, the world is irredeemably broken if America suffers the same fate as other great civilizations and empires that are now just pages in a history book. And so therefore, um, you know, you know, that's my country no matter what to I appreciate and adore the traditions that founded the country because, frankly, they're based off of my faith in many cases, uh, and in an attempt to infuse the civic arena and sphere with revelation uh, for the common good, for the betterment of man. And I want to conserve those traditions and ideals, and I want to pass them on to future generations because they have been revealed in history to be what's good, true, and beautiful for uh, the human condition this side of Eden, right? Like there's nothing between these two things, right? And so if you want to do the, the latter I just indicated, then you're automatically some alt-right Christian nationalist with a green frog uh, in, in place of the cross in your in your pulpit. How do you, because that's what I see they're doing to you. That, that That's that's what justifies un, unpersoning you and your family, right? That you're in that, 
you're in that former group that I talked about because then they control the Overton window. Anybody that isn't for Marxism is just automatically an alt-right nationalist, right? That's the game, right? So if those are the rules, how do you win at such a game? Well, I think we have to push back. Uh, we cannot allow that narrative to control us. We can't be afraid. And, and they're going to pull the, the Marxist card, the racist card, the nationalist card, the terrorist card. Uh, we even saw President Biden do it yesterday in his, uh, in his inaug- in, in, inaugural speech. He talks about white supremacy. He talks about domestic terrorism. And then he turns around and starts calling for peace. Well, what does he know about peace talking like that? Uh, You can't take the actions of a few people at the Capitol, right? And then broadly base it to every Christian, every conservative in America and start this hit job on us without us pushing back. So I think you've got to stand up. America's got to not be afraid anymore. Uh, They're going to call you a racist if you stand up for right uh, values and and even a Christian worldview. Uh, They may call you a nationalist. Uh, But here's what I know about my Christian faith. I know this. If Jesus is my Lord, then my nation is my responsibility. He is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And the church has to be politically active. We cannot allow them to push us into the corner. Here's a question I have for the left. They always say you cannot mix church and politics or you're a nationalist. Well, why do they never say that about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? We're all thankful. The Dr. King was a preacher and also was politically active, right? Uh, but they want to do this to the right. They want to scare us. They want to push us into the corner. And you can just, just think about this. I mean, think about the fact that they've taken the actions of a few. They've tried to pin it, number one, on a race, on white people. Number two, on a faith, on Christian people. And number three, on, on people that love their nation. There is nothing wrong for a Christian to love his nation. The Apostle Paul himself, uh, in Romans chapter 9, love the nation of Israel so much, he said, I myself would be cursed, cut off from Christ so that my nation could be saved. So I think Christian people need to push back. I think we need to stand for freedom. I think we need to speak up. I think we're going to have to get our own platforms. They're deplatforming us so fast. We're going to have to get our own banking. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to get wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. But But if anybody needs help with this stuff, Steve, this is what my organization exists to do. We exist to empower the church. We exist to give them legal counsel. We exist to to make us wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. And anybody could text me directly at 806-640-1342. And just text the word free, and we want to help empower them to fight that fight. Give that number one more time, Brian, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, it's 806-640-1342. 1342 and they text the word free and and i want to keep them up to date in the fight for religious liberty Uh, i want to keep them up to date in in where we are we're we're seeing the first fruits of persecution in america now i've traveled the world speaking in the underground church uh burma vietnam you name it and i've seen the the terror that comes upon those people i've been there when those meetings get busted up you don't Mm -hmm. know if you're going to live or die we don't need that in america we've got to stand up for the first now We've got to get loud. We have to come on. We have to we have to stand up for liberty and uh, don't let them push you into the corner. Come on. Come on. We got a country to save. Uh, we got a faith to stand up for. And and I do agree. We, we, we have to uh, we have to make a move now and not let these polarizing things keep us from speaking truth. Pastor Brian Gibson, thanks for joining us, brother. Stay safe. OK, and keep us up to date on how you and your family are doing. All right. 
Hey, thank you, Steve. It was an honor, sir. You bet. Thanks for joining us here on The Blaze. Your thoughts? Todd and Aaron. Uh, well, hey, man, uh, for starters, it's um, we're going to go into this in the coming uh, half hour here as we talk about your book. It's incredibly providential that he spoke on the day we're going to be talking about the chapter that is called Defeat because you talk about the pro- one of the fundamental problems about how we got to this place is in pulpits. There's not a lot of men like him. Yeah, I think we're deluding ourselves, fooling ourselves that... It- the, the notion that this is not coming for you, if you're bold, if you have the type of boldness that is going to be required to, um, to, to reform, to, uh, to, to have the boldness to, um, to, to preach God's word and the gospel, to hopefully spur about revival in this country, you're deluding yourselves if you don't think that the type of heat that's coming down on Pastor Gibson right now is not also going to come down on you in very in very short order because it's to the left, to the upside down over there. It's not that they're just made up of a bunch of people who want to watch the world burn. There's there's a lot of people like that. See Antifa for the last eight months in Portland. It is their moral imperative. It is their moral imperative in the upside down to find a pastor or to find a picture like they did and to make you famous if you get in their way. So let's not delude ourselves into thinking if you are going to have the boldness and use that boldness that is going to be required to, uh, to, to, to reform what is, what is left of America, they're going to come after you with the same type of heat. I think in the end, history is determined and conflicts are won by those who have the most belief in the rightful conviction of their cause. I've said something to that effect before, Mm -hmm. right? But let, let me quantify as to why that is. Because that's they're willing to persevere through the suffering of taking that stand the reality is that the soviets loved the idea of conquering afghanistan a lot more than they liked the idea of 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 what it would take to do so to subdue it right yeah the idea is that the redcoats loved the idea of having these 13 colonies provide a massive boost to the uh, the tax base of the British crown a lot more than when we got into year four, year five, year six of the revolution. After a while, they're like, I, I, dude, I don't really care about Rhode Island and I just want to go back home to, to the UK, right? Yeah. Okay. Same thing happened to us in Vietnam, in Iraq. We all cheered, all of us did, regardless of politics. Everyone cheered the toppling of the Saddam statue when that happened. Remember that? Yeah. We got a year or two into the occupation aspect of this, and and then after a while, it's like, what's the point of this, right? Yeah. We, we, <laughs> that's, that's the perseverance that we have lacked. It's been too easy for us 
Just vote Republican, go about your way or your day, and they'll take care of everything. We did that for how many years? And those of us who warned against that were threatened with defrocking and um, not invited to speak at things like CPAC and things of that nature. Okay, well, we're here now because of our own complacency more than anything else. And and so it's going to take a lot more diligence than complacency to get out of it. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot more. A lot more persistence than we have shown in the past. Hour two is next. We're back with hour two, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, they are here with me as well. If you want to let us know what you think about what we think, email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us, like Steve Dace, me, my name on Facebook. Look for that on MeWe. Uh, follow that on Gab, G-A-B. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Uh, look for Steve Dace on YouTube and Steve Dace Show on Rumble, which is the free speech alternative to YouTube. Uh, if you're a podcast listener, we appreciate you. We would appreciate it, though, if you'd show your appreciation for us. Us. Uh, leave us a five-star review if you haven't done that yet on your podcast platform of preference. Uh, hit that subscribe button, too, if you haven't done yet that for us as well. Uh, the thousands of you uh, that have left us reviews, we thank each and every one of you. Please keep those coming. It both impresses the brass here at The Blaze, but uh, I'm guessing impresses, I'm told anyway, impresses the algorithms uh, that uh, govern our lives these days, although I, I think um, I'm losing my hope and my ability to impress any algorithms moving forward, given where we're at. But let's let's give it a shot anyway. Um, hey, if you're thinking, hey, this is now the time I've got to deal with that pain. For me, it's a hip flexor issue. All right. So maybe for you, it's stiff joints overall. Maybe for you, it's a, a sore neck, sore back, sore knees. Now, if you've got an injury, make sure you're getting medical treatment. But if you're just dealing with the inflammation that that causes a lot of that pain, stiffness, soreness, check out a product that I use each day called Omega XL. It attacks the inflammation that's causing your pain with a formula backed by 35 years of clinical research. Uh, Omega XL is going to neutralize that inflammation to get rid of that nagging pain that's been holding you back for far too long. And we can get you started right now with buy one. Get one free. Buy one bottle of Omega XL. Get another for free. When you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. That's OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Or give them a call at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. Let's continue on with Theology Thursday as we are... Going down through my book from 2016, which is a lot of you are telling me, man, I, 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 man, this book is crushing me right now reading it. And it's hard to believe it was written five years ago because a lot of it is what we're talking about and dealing with right now. And that is my book, A Nefarious Plot, written quote unquote, by a demon general from hell named Lord Nefarious, who was tasked by the devil with taking down the United States of America. And in this book, he lays out in vivid detail, point by point, how exactly he did that and why 
why we had to be taken down as a society, which leads to the sequel book that came out in December. It's out now if you want to get your copy at Amazon.com, A Nefarious Carol. Now that Lord Nefarious is successful, or at least believes he has been, his master, the devil, steps out from behind the shadows to make America that's no longer the country that stands in his way, but now the launching pad for the final stage of his plan for global dominion. But for that, he needs a mate. He comes upon a desperate, scared young woman one night in a motel room at Christmas time and attempts to woo her into joining with him to change the world. And you're going to read that exchange that they have going back and forth. And then the decision she must make in the sequel book in Nefarious Carol out now, the novella sequel at amazon.com. We're going to be talking about that book here in a few weeks when we finish a nefarious plot. But first, Todd, Lord Nefarious has some unfinished business. Yeah. Well, I'd like to thank you for, um, playing a role and getting crushed by this book in a new way for what the fifth or sixth time as i go through it we talked about it before it's it's because it's the prophetic wisdom of this book we we fully believed the wages of sin are death and if we kept doing the things we were doing it was going to end up in a place where we are now that's why there's new weight to going through these chapters right We're, we're there now Right. And before we were all the blessings of America, where they talked about the accoutrements, but my goodness, now the weight of this thing. And so I'm going to start at the, we predicted it on this show. I often said, now that we're at transgenderism before 2020, it's, we're at the bottom of the slope. We're not gliding down the slippery slope. And here, sure enough, there's 2020, now 2021. Well, Steve said that in a different way in this book, which once again, remind them, Steve, when you wrote this book and when it came out. The manuscript to this book was finished in the, uh, uh, in the summer of 2015. There you go. Yeah. Let me read this. This is regarding Indiana and our dear beloved Mike Pence. The so the chapter Mike we're Pence doing is, is, is called defeat. defeat. Yes. And it's yeah. telling you, you lost. Those same Republican leaders, quote, fixed the RIFRA bill. They were getting pushback from it, by the way, because uh, it was a religious freedom bill that happened to be coming along the time when Indiana was hosting the Final Four. Right. The Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Yes. And so these were actually First Amendment acts that were originally passed in the Clinton administration. Chuck Schumer was in the House of Representatives. He's now the Senate Majority Leader. Uh, he was in the House of Representatives at the time. He was one of the title sponsors of this bill for the expansion of religious freedom. Uh, and then uh, dozens of other states around the country uh, ended up putting these state these various bills in place on a statewide level as well. Um, Indiana was a state that had not yet done so, but in response to what was going on now with with a, the growing surge of bake the cake bigots, yes. right, and those sorts of things for Christians after what happened with um, the two uh, gay marriage cases at the Supreme Court, Indiana Republicans decided that now was the time for yes. their state to enact one of these RIFRA, raw, RIFRA laws, which was the exact same RIFRA law that had already been passed in a bunch of states, including most of the blue states in America, had this law. And so when they tried to pass this same law, meaning that now, well, now we mean all faiths, I guess we're going to include Christians if they're going to be a persecuted group. That is literally when all hell broke loose. Governor or Mike Pence was the governor at the time, and they came after him because they were slated to get ready to host the final four with all of that business and all of those corporations moving into the state for all of that money. And they and they threatened to take it away unless some action was taken by him on this Religious Freedom Restoration Act. And with all the pressure pressure blowing around that, this is when Nefarious knew defeat was at hand. 
the Republican leaders fixed the bill by rewriting it to make homosexuals the most protected victim class of them all and relegating the Christians to second-class status. In Indiana, you can now literally have a Christian thrown in jail if they obey God instead of the state's promotion of immorality. These Republican leaders, many of them in power thanks to overwhelming support from Christian voters, passed a law targeting those exact same Christians for persecution. Nero and Domitian, which are... uh, Uh, Roman rulers would be proud what your leaders meant for good we were able to make good for evil it was truly a sight to behold and do you want to know the most potent aspect of the story we down here in hell had absolutely nothing to do with instigating it you are defeated not because you can't beat us but because you don't even want to i'm Hmm. sick of reading this book steve you know that analysis of that bill by the way was done by the family research council they're the ones that did the announce the uh, analysis of the uh because what what happened originally is mike pence went on george stephanopoulos's show on sunday morning and stuff and and tried to stand up for the bill and give a defiant tone but after a while when they when the when corporate america which is the understand for all the god talk in the republican party platform corporate america is their god when corporate america threatened to pull out um or the and the nca said hey maybe we won't have the final four here that's when all of pence's tough talk was gone and so they said they were going to fix the bill and what Efarius is referring to here is the fix that Indiana Republicans, namely Governor Mike Pence, did at the time, which is, we'll, we'll just make it that you can especially go after Christians now. And that was the analysis that was done by the Family Research, Family Research Council's legal team at that time when I was writing this book. This was all going on. The reason why this doesn't get mentioned to the end of the book is this was all going on while I was writing the book. And so and I, I'm almost to the end and I wanted to find a way to get this into the book. It's why Mike Pence had no political career. He was dead. Eventually, there it is. Yeah, he was dead as a doornail. This was this was at the time considered one of the this was considered maybe the biggest betrayal of the Republican base since read my lips at the time which was what five and a half years ago right uh almost six years ago now uh, and i mean he was considered presidential timber as a guy that served in the house majority now he's a governor he's tight with the evangelical crowd he's a good communicator used to be a radio host right this ended any claim he had on national office this sellout did he was dead it's why he agreed to become trump's running mate because he had nowhere else. There was, he was Richard Gere, an officer and a gentleman. I got nowhere else to go. It was the end of his career. A lot of there were at, at the time there was so little optimism that Trump could win. This is why a whole bunch of people you previously had not heard of within the the Republican Party power structure or media structure were were his faces, like Scotty Hughes or Katrina Pearson. Th- these were people you didn't know, you knew nothing of, because no one that had, I guess, what we would call 
Um, a, 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 that's going too far. No one that we had an established, I was going to say a respected resume. That's too, that's not fair. An established resume wanted to sign on because they thought this was a suicide mission, that he was never going to win the nomination. Then when he did, he's never winning the presidency. It's why he struggled to find good staff. The system didn't think he could win and didn't want to have, they were worried that what's happening right now where they're threatening to take like Kaylee McEnany's Harvard degree and stuff away from her. Okay. Everybody was like, I don't, if he loses, then I'm, they're going to come after me. That's going to end my career. I don't want that on my resume. I don't want any part of it. And that's why they, that's, that, that's why Mike Pence agreed to do this at a time when a lot of other people wanted no business being his running mate because they thought he had no chance to win. Pence had no future. And, and this is why what happened in Indiana and, and, and his second attempt at real leadership was the White House Coronavirus Task Force. He's the one that brought Debbie Burks to the fold. That's his that's his call was Debbie Burks, the woman who enslaved America with the IHME model from her University of, of Washington. Um, it's why I, I, I have no idea. Uh, I'm sure he would like to run again or run for president. If we, if, I, I'm much more, at this point, if you were to tell me, Steve, 2024, make a call right now. Anybody but Pence. That, that's my call. That's a my, good my, start. My first, my, my, I can't tell you who I'm for yet, but I can tell you who I'm against. Okay, because we've tried this guy now twice, and I don't, and hey, I'm sure he's a good dude. Never met him. I'm sure he's really pious, but I, right, right now we need a warrior and a badass. This guy's been tried twice, okay? And he's failed miserably both times. The two times Mike Pence has been tried as the alpha in the room, we got, in my opinion, this is the worst betrayal of my career is what he did. This is worse than Bush read my lips. Why? Because no new taxes, as much as that sucked, isn't as vital to our civilization as this is. You know what I'm saying? Sure. This is a first thing. Lose on this, you don't, and you lose. You just lose. You just lose. Lose on, the, lose on a first thing, and you just lose your culture. And then we tried him again, and we got the worst management decision I've ever seen. And the way, then, then the worst management of it by the White House Coronavirus Task Force, which was his bad boy at the exact same time. So, I mean, dude, you don't get a third chance when your first two chances are cosmic level failures that both created an, an, an unprecedented assault on the First Amendment and then turned around and played an active role in the destruction of the country and then handing it over to the people that now would like to finish it off. The words to take away from that, at least for the person we're doing, is no real leadership. Because you say, quote, there are now two, and this is back then, there are two distinct and irreconcilable cultures attempting to fly the same flag and claim the same land. You said that five years ago. Mm -hmm. It is utterly true today. There's people actually talking about if uh, a, a legitimate separation right now to avoid civil war. Yet, 
you lay out in this there's where the, there's 74 million people who voted for donald trump you lay out details of what those people do during their spare time when they're not talking politics you talk all the movies they watch that are produced for us the tv shows they watched that they are you know church attendance things like that we just talked about 88 percent are people uh, americans christian uh, j- uh, just the other 88% day 88 percent of, of, of members of congress claim to be christian yeah, yes. yes so uh, how and we keep voting in we have a Republican legislatures, governors. So how is it possible that we're in this state? Well, you said the, the church simply lost its, its forfeited its place. And you said it's fundamentally, and this is what you've talked about before, the fish rots from the head. And this is why I mentioned Pastor Brian Gibson. The difference between Pastor Brian Gibson, based on what we saw today, and the likes of Mike Pence, there's a large gap in there. Who do we have in our pulpits? more mike pence or brian gibson it's very obvious what you have you know a tree by its fruit it's pretty obvious what you have okay it's pretty obvious what you have that that you got a lot of guys that are really pious but aren't any kind of a threat and it's 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 by the way it's 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 not that um i i would prefer to have a pious badass that that's really what a pastor is supposed to be what a pastor really is supposed to be is you feed the sheep and you shoot the wolves. That's what a pastor is supposed to be. You know, it's funny, for those of you that think I'm too crude, I can quote many of examples of Paul's crudity back to you to justify my at times crudity. But you know what you can do back to me? Quote Paul back to me saying, don't be so crude. Now, how can we both actively claim the same champion for our particular stylistic differences? Because he was, it, he was both. Yeah, and I mean, he he showed you what his preaching, uh, his his preaching philosophy was. To the Jew, I am a Jew. To the Gentile, I am a Gentile. I am all things to all people, so that I may save some of them. Meaning that I am amorphous on a relational level, not on a principled level. I am not compromising a single principle for any of these relationships, but on a but on a personal level, I am highly amorphous. Because in the end, it's about the gospel. It's not, that's, the, that's the calling here. It's not about um, uh, any particular ideology or philosophy um, as a means to an end by itself. It, those things we do to point people to ultimately what? The gospel, right? That's why. That's the cause. That's why he says, I'm all things to all people so that I may save some of them. So I may get the message of the gospel to them. What we have is a bunch of people that have, we have too many pulpits that are, that are helmed by men who have determined that the last commandment God forgot to include, number 11, was thou must be nice at all times. That they are nicer than God. That have determined that they would never, ever preach. They believe in expository preaching until they had to do the book of Ezekiel, where God loses his temper with his people in some really graphic and sexually crude terminology in order to, to describe to them how big a whores they have become. It's just we, my, Our church can't hear that, so we're just never going to teach Ezekiel. Congratulations. You're nicer than God. Congratulations. That's, that is what we have. That's part of the overall spirit of complacency that exists on our side in this culture. And the idea that being eternally nice for niceness sake, we've turned that into a crutch, an idol, 
so that we can use it to rationalize and justify why we're not a threat. If there was ever a time for a spirit of the age in this culture to think we're a threat, wouldn't this be the one? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if if you don't think where you're going to church, I get, I'm getting too many questions about your churches. I don't, I'm not comfortable with it. I'm not a pastor. I don't have an ecclesiastical office. I'm just a guy with a microphone and some sincere beliefs, but I'm a layman, you know? So I, I don't, I don't answer most of your questions. I'm not comfortable. I'm not in your churches. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't have an apostolic calling. I'm not here to oversee church. I need, I need discipled. I'm, I'm not a discipler. You know what I'm trying to say? But I will say this as a general term. If you're at a church that you don't believe when it goes down in your community, they would try to shut down. You're probably at the wrong church. I would say that. That doesn't mean, by the way, that we're never nice or never kind. See, these are the false choices. So then the only option is if we're just not nicer than God, then we just immediately go to furrowed brow, right? right. There's no... There, understand the times and what to do about them. All things to all people. It's not a question of either or. It's a question of and also. But when it goes down, when it really goes down, are you going to church at a place that you think if they if they could, if they could, like today, the House Oversight Committee, Democrats with a, with less. What do they have an eight seat or something majority right now, Aaron, or something like that? Eight or nine seats. Is that what it is in the House? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter how scant the majority is. They're they're asking the FBI with Christopher Ray, who was Trump's appointee. I, didn't I tell you? Did I not say at the time he was a terrible appointee? Yes. Did I not? Did I not say it was a terrible idea to help to to, to appoint the guy that helped uh, 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 what's his face uh, Chris Christie navigate Bridgegate and make him head of the FBI? Was I not? Did I not say that at the time? Right. Was I? Un, unfortunately, have I not been proven correct about that? Right. And all you need to know about Christopher Ray is Biden said he's keeping him as his FBI director. He should because he's been their FBI director since the day Trump appointed him. Next time, go get a guy who doesn't just bitch and moan about his about his, I almost said a bad word, about his crappy FBI director on Twitter, but actually fires his ass instead. You know what I'm saying? Can yeah. we do that? Let's do that. Ne- let's do that one next time. But I digress. Why do I bring this up? House Oversight Committee, 10 minutes ago. Not enough to put Parler out of business. Now they want the FBI to investigate them. It, it, it comes down, if, if they could have their way with stuff like that, Hey, it's not even good enough that we put our competition out of business. We want to punish them for even attempting to compete with us, right? If they could, if they if they got to the, if in your community, they got to a place, man, where they could just let it fly, let it hang out without any fear of blowback at all. Are you going to a church that they would go after? And if the answer is no, go to a different church. That's my generic answer. But when you guys start asking me specific questions about your churches, I'm not an apostle. It's not my place to answer those kinds of questions. Well, that specifically brings up the Catholic church right now 
the 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 devout Catholicism that his new flack even you can see she's uncomfortable bringing up in, in Aaron's montage well I'd like to remind you that he's a devout Catholic when he refunds abortion across the nation obsesses with pronouns takes away uh, women's sports yet the, it's the niceness factor you're so dead on right about that because Aaron you mentioned today and I don't think about a turn but how like, a conversation you had about the nature of just the way somebody mm -hmm. you said wakes up now finally knowing that we're not in danger anymore because un nice uncle joe's in office when this happened on day one steve's not just spitballing here this is the psychosis can you bring that up again and put the yes I, I saw one of my uh i'm using air quotes very intentionally here uh, uh christian progressive friends uh post this morning that uh, it was a nice feeling waking up this morning not having to worry about about who the, the president offended or what he said while he was asleep. To which my response, and I, I usually let these things go unless it's just something ridiculous like this. Uh, you were waking up every single morning, every single morning, wondering what some dude a thousand miles away said. That sounds like a very unhealthy, very unhealthy um, obsession. Yet, as Todd just pointed out, um, we've got an obese dude who dresses in drag tapped to be the assistant uh assistant um health secretary, health secretary. Yeah. and this is a this is somebody and by who the way murdered a bunch be, of people it, it exactly murdered yeah. a bunch of old people and, in and pennsylvania this is, well, this is saved his mom first and then murdered him yeah purports to be a christian having the warm fuzzies about just oh, about what just went down when you talk about hell knowing that we've been defeated based on the fact that we don't really want to fight back. Uh, that's exhibit A, B, and C. The, the, the God who spared not even his own son for you. You know, there's a, there's a crucial scene left out of the, the Ten Commandments movie, the classic with Charlton Heston. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, it's pretty biblically faithful and where it takes creative license in order to fill in some of the context, it's still pretty historically faithful. But there's a scene that they leave out of that film. Right? Like, you know, the orgy that takes place when Moses is up on the mountain receiving revelation, right? And Aaron's been put in charge in a stead. They don't have the scene, though, of what happens when Moses returns. They don't include that scene. It's in your scripture. Do you know what happened? They called the herd, guys. They they called the herd. They thinned the ranks. They pruned the tree. Moses did his version, his uh, pre-common era version of the tree of liberty has to be refreshed every now and then. That's what went on. Later in Moses' ministry, um, a group rises to challenge him saying you're not really God's anointed. God gets so frustrated and fed up with this uh, that he brings all of the tribes of Israel forward and in front of them opens up the earth and swallows these people whole right in front of them. Right in front of them. Is that nice? I would not put that under that category. You know what is nice? That I deserve to be I deserve those things. That's I justice. I, I deserve those things. I'm a sinner. 
I've sinned against God. I've sinned against my fellow man. I deserve to have the earth swallow me up too. I deserve that. I deserve to have to be culled from the herd. I deserve it. But Jesus died for me instead. See, our definition of nice, God's definition of nice, not exactly the exact same thing. You know, that, that Jesus we do those really trite songs about, next time y'all see him, it's going to be with a sword in his, with, with a, with a sword in, 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 robe dipped in blood and a sword in his mouth. Know what I'm saying? It ain't going to be, to come, he ain't coming back to give you any more Sunday school lessons or uh, he ain't passing out the, uh, the, the children's Bible. It's to close the account, finish the race. Separate the sheep from the goat. We are way too nice. Way too nice. And because we are, and I've got to get to this point because it's so brilliantly written, this is where we live now. So when confronting progressivism, there is no eloquent conservative media icon. You can anoint, brilliantly devised ideological framework you can compose, or line of irrefutable arguments you can master that will change the mind and will of the hardened progressive. They are as committed to their belief as the followers of the carpenter are committed to him. In fact, they see your vehement opposition as reaffirming to their religious fervor, just as a follower of the carpenter sees persecution from the world as comfort he's following, quote, the narrow road. Yeah. That is where we live, and it's because we didn't stand time and time and time again. I mean, look at their tactics. They're borrowed right out of what Christianity has done throughout history and to influence cultures, right? Um, look at the level of perseverance they're, they're willing to engage in. Look at how they specifically acquire power or seek to influence culture in order to communicate their specific value system in an evangelistic way, right? Yeah. You're describing... That, that, they are doing what we are called to do. They're just doing it for the other, the other, the other side. Yeah. You're describing a people of the Antichrist. And there it is. There I mean, okay. Yeah. Or at least a spirit of one, yeah. right? You know, there's been the, 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 there's there's been a spirit of antichrist. John says in one of his epistles from the very beginning, right? There's always a counterfeit. So there's a spirit of the antichrist, and there's your capital A one, right? Okay, but the spirit of such has existed in many forms and in many places throughout um, the history of Christendom. There's been a, a consistent attempt to counterfeit it, to uh, co-opt it, and you're just living through the Americanized or Westernized version of it right now. There's nothing new under the sun. We're not we're, the, the 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 enemy isn't playing any original material. This is more like a greatest hits album. That's what you're getting. Three non-political questions are next. Just had one of my best moments of the day. My built bar, I've got one of the uh, fall flavors, caramel apple left over. Man, that's good. All right. No more than 160 calories in every bar. No more than five net carbs in every bar. No, ma no more than five grams of sugar in every bar. Up to 20 grams of protein in every bar. You have never, ever had a protein bar as good as built bar. 
all covered in real chocolate. They got a new white chocolate line, well over 20 flavors. They come out with cool stuff on a seasonal basis as well. Uh, I, I mean, there are candy bars on the market, not as good as Built Bar. If you think I'm overblowing this, so how did I get hooked up with Built Bar? Listen to a couple of sports podcasts during lockdowns last year and the hosts were just raving about these things and being a host myself, it kind of sounded to me like they were overselling it, right? So I'm like, screw it, man. All right, I'm going to pay 30 bucks, whatever, get myself a box and it can't be that good. It was better actually than I thought they were going to be. I think I'm confident you will have the exact same reaction. Do not, particularly if you're trying to stay healthy, don't sacrifice health and taste. Built Bar, you don't have to do that anymore. B-U-I-L-T, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code DACE to get 20% off your first order at BuiltBar.com, promo code DACE. Uh, we mentioned a few days ago, we were supposed to have Dr. Simone Gold on this show. I think we might have even promoted it on social media. Yeah. Several of you have asked me about what happened with that. Uh, for those that don't recall, she was one of the doctors that held the press conference in D.C. last summer, uh, where everything that they has said has is now being proven out to be true, but they got banned and pushed back and called names, right, by all the millions of blue check-marked epidemiologists on Twitter or something, right? Right. We had her booked to be on the show. Um, she canceled at the last minute. And then you have spent several days trying to reschedule her. Correct. And have just gotten completely ghosted. Correct. Okay. So I just wanted to update that because I've, I've over the last seven or eight months, I've gotten approximately 50 requests to have her on the show. Um, and we tried. We're not really sure what happened. Um, we've seen this, hopefully, first of all, let's say this. We don't know if somebody is not well in her family. There's a situation. I mean, that could be it, right? But... We have seen in in the past uh, with our show where guests agree to come on and then realize who we are and are like, I can't do that. And this is kind of how it usually goes, right? Yeah. It's not as if we haven't earned some of that uh, hesitation, <laughs> like the conversation we just had, for example. Sure. Uh, but uh, those of you that are asking us about that, yeah, we're as in the dark about that as you are, so... We'd love to have her on. Seem to have uh, a similar messaging on this, but we tried. I put out another email today. One last try. All right. Let's get to three non-political questions. We all have questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Who am I? A search and a question of identity. Why am I here? A question of meaning and purpose. Where am I going? A question of destiny. Some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three questions on the Steve Day Show. Three non-political questions. Distraction from the demise of Western civilization. Question number one. What's the most unsettling movie you've ever seen? I didn't mean scary. I said unsettling movie. Describe how you would define unsettling in this case. No jump scares, but you're scared anyway. Um, I found... Go ahead. I found... Uh, uh, Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman seven, pretty. I could see that. Pretty unsettling. I just wa I haven't watched it in like twenty years or whatever. I just watched it again a few months ago with my oldest. Oh yeah. Yeah, she found it fairly unsettling. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. it in forever, but 
that was it was very very well crafted uh and again it's uh that genre that you very much appreciate when horror is biblically based yes and does an honest portrayal of evil yeah yeah Yeah. because it takes things all the way to their logical sinful conclusions i mean that's his uh kevin space and the fact that kevin spacey played the dude yo that is um serendipitous is it not yeah uh i could put a lot of films in this category but the more the most recent example and i we talked about this film a lot or at least i did a couple of years ago and i i think it's one of the best made modern horror films uh say the last decade or so Uh, i would say it's uh hereditary that film the before i got converted i went to new orleans this is pre 9-11 i went to new orleans for actually it was the summer of 2001 so right before 9-11 i went to, to this uh, to new orleans with our arena football team i was in sports talk radio at the time and the guy that owned the team who create who invented arena football um i didn't like the fact that he had moved the uh, main arena one team and brought in like the jv version the minor league version into town and i was on the big sports talk station and i'm crushing him every day and so we had just hired the old ohio state football coach earl bruce and knew I was a big Michigan fan and thought for sure that I'd love getting to know him and hear his stories, and I did. And Earl and I got to be good buds. I loved him to death. He passed away a few years ago. And uh, uh, and so he invited me to try to basically buy me off. He invited me to go on a road trip with Earl and the team to go play in New Orleans. And so I went down there with them for a weekend. And the Sunday uh, after I had so I had to check out of my hotel, but my flight didn't leave to come back to Des Moines till late in the afternoon. So I got hours to kill, right? And it's, you know, it's summertime. So it's 110 degrees with 7,000% humidity down there. So I'm looking to be as indoors as I can. So I spend the Sunday walking through the French Quarter. And the night after the revelry of the previous what went on the previous night and i couldn't hang out there on saturday because that's when the game was you know but you know i and i could see like i saw like uh, naked women drunk passed out on streets um just the the smell the of, of you know and hey i was a party guy in college i'm not a shrinking violet but this was just like you know puke pee you know what i'm saying it was just like it was just nasty and so like i gotta get indoors and so i start walking through these shops and there's voodoo shops and all these things and i i couldn't quantify it at the time i remember calling my wife on a check in on the cell phone she's like how are you doing like something about this place is just wrong you know what i'm saying it just felt wrong like i shouldn't be here you know what i'm saying the entire movie um hereditary that entire film is like that it, it, it's it's so expertly made and crafted um it's almost a perfect horror film and it's but it's not really a jump scare film at all yep. uh it's a more modern version of say a, a rosemary's baby kind of a, a of a vibe but um i would say that movie would be it I agree. Uh, I thought you might say that, so I selected. I selected a different. I actually had when I watched that movie. I had. I one. I watched like the first what fifteen twenty minutes um, one night. 
I'm like, okay, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna. <laughs> you had to tap out. We're gonna tap out. This and one gets I, a little too close to home. I, I, yeah. I watched watched the rest. I, I mean, I had to do something different. I just think I was on my phone. I I, I glanced up a few times because it was just really weird. So, uh, no country for old men. There is something, at least for me anyway, something that's off-putting about uh, about that movie, especially Javier Bourdain's character. Question number two. If I can pull it up real quick, what's the best decade of sports in your life? The 80s. Because that's that's where it started. I mean, the the nostalgia of it all. I mean, Steve and I, I can remember, and not as much, but the starting lineups I can still remember from multiple uh, baseball teams and how that inspired my brother and I mm-hmm. to just go out and play. And that's where... I mean, it's, we did the Sandlot, even though that's, my life was spent on a Sandlot and it was seasonal. So we played baseball during baseball season and football during football season. And I had, I mean, you're going to talk about your Tigers. I had Robin Yount and Paul Molitor and Cecil Cooper and even, and and the Packers. Oh my God, we were brutal, but we had my dad telling me about the glory days of the Packers. And, but I still remember the names. I had Lynn Dickey and Paul Kaufman and James Lofton and Eddie Lee Ivory. That's the stuff. I mean, it's just, it's in you for good. Nothing, It uh, the Super Bowls with the Packers came after that. Uh, the Badgers were, ter- were bad when I was young. But the reason it all means something now, like, talk about Michigan and this guy, it's because of what happened back then. I, I would probably, I, I would say the 80s too. Um, Miracle on Ice in 1980. Oh, I remember the, the 84 Tigers. I can still give the entire yeah. lineup and and the entire pitching rotation in order for that team. Um, I mean, I fell in love with uh, the winged helmet and Bo Schembechler, uh, the, the winning the Rose Bowl, um, uh, winning the NCAA basketball tournament. You know, a Michigan man's going to coach Michigan when Bo fired Bill Frieder and they win the dang thing with an, uh, an interim coach, Steve Fisher, right? Um, the Pistons with the bad boys won back-to-back NBA championships. Uh, the Lions even won the division one year with Billy Sims when he was at his pinnacle on his way to being an all-time great NFL running back before he blew out his knee the next year and then never recovered in classic Lions fashion, right? But um, I've had a lot of good decades as a sports fan, but, but the, the 80s are tough to beat. Um, uh, getting up, I, you know, the deal I used to have with my mom, if I got good grades and it didn't interfere with basketball practice at school, she'd call me in sick when back when ESPN had the first two days of the tournament and the mm-hmm. games were on all day, all night, because they, they would tape delay the games you missed and you'd try to stay up all night watching all the first two days of, the, of, the, of March Madness, right? I mean, those were some good memories. And there's a great balance. There's enough of the, the showtime you know, yep. the, the, the Lakers you, and the Celtics and that, those rivalries. But, yeah. but we, I mean, but the gloss on it, we didn't have ESPN or twenty four seven sports radio. But beforehand, you had Irv Cross and Brett Musburger NFL yep. Today, yep. and you had the TV packaging. And so, but, but you still had enough of the authentic. I mean, it was there wasn't just all the crap. It's not that the dudes didn't have problems. I mean, Paul Molitor early in his career, he was doing cocaine, but honestly, there was a, it was a far more romantic time. It's, it's really hard. You've got to try hard as a 48 year old man to maintain the romanticism. That is the reason why Mm -hmm. you should love athletic Mm -hmm. events. It's much harder. Um, going back to the start of this segment, I don't think Dr. Gold could be on the show because she was arrested. 
according to what? both the Daily Mail and a local NBC affiliate for being at the Capitol during the riot. Well, that would do it. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, the best... Yo. Yeah. I don't know how to segue from that, so I'm just going to do it. I, I think the best decade... <laughs> Sports... You know, this seems like a good time for me to talk about my Patriot supply. When things are crumbling around you. Tonight on Potter Watch. Yeah, you just don't know. You know what? Uh, one day I'm, I'm challenging uh, the, uh, the COVID stand. The next day I'm arrested for showing up at a rally. You never know in these crazy times. And yeah, a year ago at this time, if I told you, go to my Patriot supply, get all the toilet paper they have, because you never know when it's going to be gone. Y'all would have looked at me and said, come on, Matt, come up with a better pitch than that, right? Yes. And then March 11th happened and April 11th. Dude, you still can't buy more than one thing of toilet paper at, at, at Costco now. I just was there last week. All right. So next time it might be something we really need even more like food and water. That's where my Patriot supply comes in. Um, you can get 20% off their four week food kit that provides up to 2000 calories a day just in case. So, you know, in case it, it goes down that you are prepared your four week kit it'll describe it'll if you're worried hey i don't want to get called crazy it'll arrive discreetly at your door in as little as two days so now's the time to prepare for the future just in case just in case happens all right preparewithdace.com is where you can go preparewithdace.com for your survival supplies and emergency and preparedness gear save 20 percent off right now at preparewithdace.com all right aaron back to you i think it has to be this last decade and i know uh, that's the millennial yeah that's the millennial but guys we had a 16 beat at one in the NCAA yeah. tournament. Yeah. We had a freaking Loyola of Chicago and Sister Jean went like to the, the final, final four. four. Like I didn't even bring up Villanova and winning the NCAA and tournament. I was Remember that in 85? I was yeah. going to bring up Villanova going back to the tournament again. Uh, the Royals, the Cubs winning World Series, the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. A lot of really, really cool things happened in the last decade as far as sports go. Uh, question number three. If you were a comic book superhero, which comic book villain would you most want to take on mm. what i most want to take on that's that's a great question you know what how about wow i'm just gonna go with the first one that popped in my head brainiac a mixture first of all he's like one of the arch villains of my all-time favorite hero but he's a mixture of uh genius as well as physical prowess when a lot of villains are kind of one or the other you know what i'm saying so uh i would uh i'll, I'll go with brainiac well uh, it was um amon green former nebraska running back and then became uh packers who had great for like f he had four or five just outstanding sure. years with yep. the packers he had a tattoo of batman uh i can't remember on which but on his leg i think but it, it said why batman he says of all the superheroes he says um because batman doesn't actually have any uh super strength or any powers he just works hard mm -hmm. well along those lines I, that's why i'm gonna say the joker because the, the joker is a real life villain he's not fantastical at all he's everywhere mm -hmm. right now mm -hmm. and so we might as well deal with reality and step up to the plate and deal with the one in our own backyard no matter who he is and it's it's the joker no one's closer 
uh, there's analogies that can be made, uh, and, I, and I made them, you know, to Thanos and the snap because that's happening. But in the Joker, it doesn't need Infinity Stones to do what he's doing. He's all it takes is a little. You essentially want to go against the spirit of the age. That's what you want to go against. I have no choice right now. So get real. (sighs) Dang it, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> was going to yeah. be the one. I didn't say. I didn't say you had to be Batman. You could be. You could just be yourself, or you could be Deadpool. Uh, not have any rules and take on uh, the Joker. But that was. I was going to. I was going to say that for similar reasons. I guess maybe one of the most uh, more alluring uh, villains. Maybe Doc Ock. I think that would be kind of cool to take on. That's that's the that's the only other thing I got. That's it. We're done. Right. We're stick around and do overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash dace. For the rest of you, we are back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.